0: Your first thought. I grew up going to church. It would feel somehow not right or strange if I wasn't here on Sundays. Well, that one resonates with me. I have a confession today. I once stayed home one Sunday morning. It was after I left home for school. My parents weren't around anymore to make sure that I went to church. I had this sense in my mind of seeing it going to a coffee shop buy buying one of those big, thick $5 New York Times that are about a thousand pages long, and just sitting there reading. This seemed to me to be very deliciously grown up and rebellious. So, once I did just that. I went somewhat further into my favorite coffee shop with all of the other even who in church and didn't care who saw it. And I got my fancy copy and my big newspaper. And I sat down and I started reading. <coughs> the big story at the time, as I recall, was the ongoing war in Iraq that seemed to be spiraling out of control. I wasn't very good. I put the news section down and I picked up the book review instead. For a book lover like me, like me, that was what I was really looking forward to anyway. So I started reading. But it seemed like all of the books were in one way or another about the same violent, chaotic world spiraling out of control that I been reading about in the news. There was a novel, if I remember right, about how confusing I remember setting down my paper that morning and thinking to myself that I wish I were in God's house instead, lifting up my heart in thanks and praise. Not as an escape from all the troubles of the world that I was reading about and the troubles of my own life, but thanks to God's promise that in spite of it all, we are not men. If it weren't for God's house, I thought, then where would I go to lift up my heart in thanks and praise? <clears throat> For this. and I'll admit that I had a moment or two when I thought to myself, "I wonder if our Lord and the twelve disciples had an annual meeting every year." And tried to balance the, I don't suppose they did, and admittedly, it can all seem a little distant at times from the life that Christ called us to. Save. But I don't think it is. Not really. part of the life that Christ calls us to. First and foremost, I think, because Christ calls us to gain. Once, St. Peter says in his letter, we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Isn't that true of us? Once we were not, but now it's in St. Augustine's, we are a people. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, St. Paul writes. And he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. But well, how can we claim to be a people if we never know together? How can we pursue reconciliation if we stay home, if we keep to ourselves? In the world that I was reading about in the newspaper. In the same world that we read about in today's newspaper, with nation set against nation, race against race, rich against poor, how can we proclaim to the world that there is hope in Christ of justice, mercy, and reconciliation, unless it starts right here with us, in our church, in our neighborhood? But comes to be with us here in word and sacrament just as present in person this morning as any of us think about that there are all of us here in jesus when two or three are gathered together in my name, christ says there i am in the midst of You see, a church budget isn't just a budget. A vestry isn't just another meeting. When we give, and work together, and serve, when we fix the sprinkler system, and one of these days fix that system mechanism on the outside door, what we're really doing is saying that God is present here on people. In this community, for this neighborhood, and we're here because God is. Here. We're saying this is God's house. Amen. <coughs> Amen. I want to show you from today's song three reasons why we go. You have your bullets, and you do. Take a look at me. With, uh, look at me. Would I want you to notice first how the song begins? Hallelujah! I give. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. Praises God because he has sent redemption to his people. To his people. It's true, of course, that God wants to have a personal relationship with each of us. God cares for each and every human being. But we weren't created to be alone. And we weren't saved alone. We were saved together, were created to be together. The vision of God isn't for a bunch of individual saved people, but rather of a reconciled humanity with God and with one another, gathered around one altar, joined in one voice of thanksgiving and praise. And this isn't, by the way, just a vision. It is real in Christ. It's real already in Christ. And we're invited to join in to make it more real here as members of Christ's body here and now in church. And we're given the mission of being Christ's hands and feet and voice, Christ's representatives here in our neighborhood. We go to church Because God has brought us together. Once we were no people, but now we are people. And He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's first. Second. We can't help but notice, can we? Notice there are in pages. But the song begins with hallelujah, right? With thanksgiving and praise, offered to God, the psalmist says, with his whole heart. Church just began right here the same way, didn't it? We sang him a hymn of praise. We said the calling for pure, purity and sang of glory. Glory to God in the highest. I dare say there isn't very much in the wider culture today that encourages us to do this kind of thing. But give us we're more likely, I think, to criticize, to denounce, to debunk unmask to see through everyone's facade in the dark. Because Jesus knew better than anyone else that the very beating heart of reality is the heart of God, which is love and joy and peace that passes all understanding. Church is a place where the heart of God is at our heart. A house where we remember that it is always right week after week, no matter what, to lift up our hearts in thanks and praise. We go to church because in this world I think we need a place like that. We go to church because we come to say thank you to God for the gift of life and the gift of grace. for The gift of being. Third, we go to church in order to remember what God has done, and therefore to remember who we are. In verse two, notice it says that we study the deeds of the Lord. We study the deeds of the Lord, and then in verse four, we remember. The Lord's marvelous works. Said, remember. I read uh, an essay not long ago. You probably agree with this. That observed that we, as a culture, seem to have a harder and harder time remembering things that happened even quite recently. Have you experienced this? If my wife were here, she would tell you that I always had a enough time remembering things as it was. The news cycle today, it seems to move so very fast. We just kind of scroll through things on our phones, one after another. We don't really take anything in. Oh, here's some horror. Oh, here's, you know, a happy, oh, here's a keepbait. keep, keep scrolling. We don't take it in. The stories we hear, the events we hear about, they push us in all kinds of conflicting directions until I can feel that we're living in the middle of that famous poem by W. B. E. Yeats. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere energy is loose upon the world. <coughs> I wonder if you feel that sometimes I think. In church, we come to hear the great story of the Bible. The story of God creating the world, calling Israel to be his people, coming to be with us in Jesus, dying at the hands of we, his own children, rising again to new and inexhaustible life, and coming back to us with his nail-scarred hands wide open, inviting us to the life it really is life in God's kingdom as His sons and daughters. We hear all of this story again and again and again throughout the year. We lift it up like I just did in the gospel book in the middle of the assembly every week. And we live it out in the calendar of the church year, different colors, different seasons, until all of this. Sinks down deep into our bones. That's why we do all that. In church, we remember, we study, we remember that the world is not mere anarchy. No. We remember that the world has a story, and it is a good one and true. We come to church to remember what God. So, to remember both who and whose we are. There are Not long after his conversion, back in London, you know, I was walking up the King's Way in the middle of an afternoon when an impulse compelled me to start running. With joy in my heart and in a state of passionate excitement, I ran until I reached the little Catholic church. On Sensible citizens on their lawful occasions. I wonder what on earth they possess, or if I become momentarily.